0: Well, all right, friends. Well, normally this is the time where I pass it back over to Reverend Scott, but I am thrilled to have the opportunity to get to preach with you and be with you in this in this uh, exciting way. So, friends, before we get to today's scripture, I want to give a little preface as to what is happening in the story or what has happened in the story thus far. Our scripture today comes from the book of Joshua in uh, chapter eight, and what's happening is that Joshua has been, uh, Joshua and the Israelites have been traveling through the desert. They are still on their journey to the promised land and they are about to arrive. So friends, I want you to get your, uh, just even though I'm talking to the adults and everyone else, I want to get, I want you to get your listening ears on and I want you to listen to God's word. Aidan and Sarah. When, The entire nation had finished crossing over the Jordan. The Lord said to Joshua, select 12 men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them, take 12 stones from here, out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood, carry them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you camped." tonight. Then Joshua summoned the 12 men from the Israelites, whom he had appointed, one from each tribe. Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, one for each of the tribes of the Israelites, so that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, What do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, The waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the Israelites a memorial forever. We celebrate the written written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much, Sarah and Aiden, and for all of our folks who have participated thus far and will be participating with us in worship this Sunday. And now let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your word shared with us by two of our high school graduates. God, may the meditations on my heart, may the words on my lips share, do do their best to share the love and deep peace of Christ. Amen. Friends, there are symbols all around. As humans, we use symbols to help us creatively express our own thoughts and feelings. Symbols help us make meaning of the world around us and they can express feelings and experiences when words cannot. In language arts, literature and history classes, we talk about how a symbol can be a setting object or event in a story that carries more than the literal meaning and therefore represents something significant to understanding the meaning of a work of literature. In other words, symbols always have a literal or concrete meaning as well as a figurative or abstract meaning. Conventional symbols have a previously agreed-upon meaning and often Many of these come from the Bible as a work of literature. In our own church life, we use the symbol of the Lord's Supper, which symbolizes Christ's presence with us and Christ's unshake-offable love for us, best seen in his death and resurrection. We use the symbol of baptism to mark the new life found in the fountains of God's love. And our graduates have been and will be participating in some sort of some version of a celebration and ceremony that will symbolize their wonderful academic accomplishments thus far and the threshold of entering into adulthood after high school. And in today's scripture, we see a biblical example of God's people needing something to make sense of their experience. Joshua has led the 12 tribes of Israel through quite a journey, and it's not yet over. After 40 years of wandering and wandering, their time in the desert is coming to a close. But they need a way to make meaning of everything that they've been through and its impact on their lives and their future. Our reading today begins with them preparing to enter into, this, into their new unknown by crossing the Jordan River. And as they are preparing to do so, God asked Joshua to pause in the planning and preparing and working to stop and gather God's people to memorialize the journey thus far, the journey that God has led them through. Joshua and the Israelites have kept their eyes focused on the work that needs to be completed. And after 40 years of doing so, I'm sure that's all they could muster up to do. And yet, God gives them a reason to pause. After 40 years of wandering, finally, there's a glimpse of the promised land. After everything that they've been through, how did they process all of it and make sense of it? The idea was to take 12 stones from the Jordan River and set them up as a physical sign and symbol of the passage through the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Like Moses and the Israelites crossing the river at the beginning of their journey, as Joshua and the Israelites go to cross the Jordan River, we are told that the river will part and cease its roaring in order for them to cross until the very last hill touches dry land on the other side. God's instructions to gather up 12 stones from the Jordan River are meant to remind future generations of God's presence in the lives of the Israelites thus far. Now, I don't imagine that the 12 men asked to pick up stones, planned on grabbing little pebbles. It feels like they most likely got nice hefty stones deep in the Jordan River sediment to stack as a memorial. They had just witnessed an incredible miracle of the Jordan River parting. And they knew that they were uh, close to completing this stage of their journey. A new and exciting chapter lies ahead of them. Before them lies a land richer than their dreams and more fruitful than their hopes and more beautiful than their imagination. To be part of the fulfillment of an ancient promise to Abraham and Sarah must have been overwhelming. All of those feelings and emotions of hope and promise fulfilled And work accomplished needed to be memorialized, just as much as the journey led by God that had brought them there. The symbol is like uh, the symbol of twelve stones, is like the Ebenezer we sung about in our opening hymn. Have you ever wondered what that meant? No, it's it's not a shout out to the character Ebenezer uh, Scrooge, but Rather, it is a symbol of God's presence in the midst of the Israelites' journey. We see symbols everywhere. There are so many symbols just within our story. We see the number 12, which often symbolizes universal fulfillment. Think of 12 months in a year, uh, the 12 disciples, or the 12 days of Christmas. We see water, symbolizing life and cleansing and we see stone symbols of endurance stability and permanence consider the symbolism of our story god has asked joshua and the israelites to gather stones from the river and that offers to us the idea that the renewing life found in god endures forever and so When future generations come across this monument of stones, this is the message that the Israelites will carry with them moving forward. God's steadfast love does not ever, ever fade or falter. God has been present with the Israelites from the very beginning, and God will be present in their lives until the end. God offers the Israelites the symbol of the 12 stones to help them remember that for the experiences and years to come. And while we recognize that for the Israelites, so can we assume the same for us. Those 12 stones don't mark the end of their story, but rather just a closing of a chapter. As I was getting ready to graduate from high school in 2010, Yes, just 10 years ago, I was in our graduates' shoes. I was needing a symbol to help me express my experience of being in that threshold and everything that was happening in my life at the time. I found a song titled, You in the End by Matt Hires, which starts with the lyrics, this isn't the end, we're just getting started. The road travels on and on and on. We're moving again. And so on my graduation day, I woke up and played this song to help set up my day. And this song has been my go-to for other big moments in my life. Graduating high school, moving to college, graduating from college, my very first day as a teacher, and, most recently, moving from my small hometown of Pitlala, Alabama, to be here in San Anselmo to start my seminary career. The symbols of music and arts often help us express ourselves. And, thinking theologically, God as creator of the cosmos, creator of everything, means that God is found in the symbol itself. Now, one of the things we've given to each of our graduates this year is a handmade prayer shawl. These prayer shawls were made by kind, loving, caring folks in this congregation, and they are a symbol of their love. When our graduates put on this prayer shawl, it symbolizes being wrapped in God's love through our church family. Now, we also use symbols to help us engage in reflection so that we can move forward in life. When we see the symbol of a raised clenched fist, may we be reminded to be in solidarity with our black and brown siblings who are constantly suffering from systems of racism and oppression in our country. When we read and see the words, I can't breathe, which were uttered by George Floyd before his death. These three words symbolize both literal and figurative strangling and lynching of people of color due to systemic racism that continues to rip into every fabric of our society. Symbols are not just meant to be simply reflected upon, but rather call us to move, to act, to dream, to protest. May our symbols be calls of action to seek out love and justice for all in the presence of God. Before closing our time together, I'd like to address our graduates. To our high school graduates, we are just so proud of you. Your life so far has been marked by two major events in history, entering this world in the midst of war and destruction and ending your secondary schooling in the midst of pandemic and protests. And yet we have seen each of you live out your own unique calling of spreading kindness, showing up and demanding justice in your own ways. Don't ever let that fade. These conventional symbols associated with graduation that we're so used to seeing and using don't necessarily work for your graduation this year. And that's okay. They're considered conventional because they follow a trend, but they aren't absolute. You have the opportunity to express your achievements and hopes and dreams and accomplishments in whatever way you choose. In her online commencement address, Oprah had the following words to say to you. I know you may not feel like it, but you are indeed the chosen class for such a time as this, the class of 2020. You're also a United class, the pandemic class that has the entire world striving to graduate with you. Of course, this is not the graduation ceremony you envisioned. You've been dreaming about walking across that stage, your family and friends cheering you on as the caps fling joyfully in the air. But even though there may not be pomp because of our circumstances, never has a graduating class been called to step into the future with more purpose, vision, passion, and energy and hope. Now, as I've been thinking about what message I wanted to share with you, I've been reflecting on the fact that I was in your shoes 10 years ago. So uh, I thought I'd share with you some things that I wish I had known back then. This summer is full of potential and it will go by so fast. Do your best to take things slow and really savor the opportunities you're given to be with your community. There will be times over the next year when you won't be able to describe all the thoughts and feelings you're having. And again, that's okay. Transitions take time, and it's okay to have moments of overwhelming thoughts and emotions. Don't keep those bottled up but share what you can with mentors in your life to help process those feelings. Look for ways to express how you're feeling during this transition and meditate and pray over that symbol. Give thanks for that symbol. Share that symbol with others, with us. Use your gifts of creativity to create those symbols of who you are in this moment. Just as you are entering into a transition, so are your parents and siblings. If your sibling barges into your room and just wants to sit with you, don't shoo her away. Savor that peaceful moment. I know that the shelter in place has meant a lot of family time the past few months, so it might not feel as pressing, but take time to enjoy a meal around the table with your family. If your parents want to watch a movie one night, enjoy the time with them. This is their way of processing their own transition and consider those opportunities a symbol of their love. Now, as you prepare for your next step into undergraduate work, I want you to look for ways to celebrate the diversity of your school. If you check out your uh, school's website over the summer, Look for an office that focuses on promoting inclusion, diversity, or multicultural affairs. Each school has their own title for this kind of work, uh, but the premise is the same. Plan on participating in events sponsored by this office to help get to know a, a diverse group of folks from all over campus. There are also organizations like Amnesty International who may have a campus presence and to promote justice and peace building. I I want you to strongly consider your involvement with them. And lastly, a word on church. It's pretty common for folks your age to not find a church to worship in your new community. The temptation is to attend bedside Baptist, which is what we called when we slept in on Sunday mornings but I want to encourage you to at least try out a few churches in your new community. Good churches welcome love to welcome new students. And oftentimes it's a good way to expand your community in college. Plus you often get free meals and you can get some stellar baby or dog or house sitting gigs in the process as well. As a chance to connect with other families and folks in a different life stage than you. And know that this church, First Presbyterian San Anselmo, is always here to welcome you home. This expanded community will do everything it can to continue to support, encourage, and love you on your journey ahead. Graduates, know that as my job as Director of Family Ministries does not end with you graduating. I am always a phone call, text, or carrier pigeon away, and I am just so proud of each and every one of you for completing this stage of your life. Remember, above all, that you are known and that you are loved. Amen.